Welcome to another episode of This Week in Health Tech, where you find your latest news and trends in the health tech industry. My name is Jimmy Kim, and of course, I'm accompanied by my co-host, Vic Patel. Vic, what is going on, sir? What's happening, Jimmy, on this beautiful... I guess it's not summer anymore. It's it's almost getting into the fall, be- but still, over. it just seems like in you know one of those in between summer and fall nights. And baseball's on TV. Football started. You know, ba- not basketball. Basketball. There's still some time for basketball, but soccer's on. You know, the EPL's on, and I feel like this is one of the best times of the year. Jimmy, you know, as a sports fan, if you're a sports fan, uh, speaking of baseball, my son just finishing his season of, of baseball that nice. uh, guess, guess who the coach was for his baseball team. Yours, yours truly over here. Um, nice. Everyone. You know how uh, to pitch? You know, you know what a sinker is? A sinker? I know what it is, but uh, <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I mean, this is just house league. <laughs> Give me a break here. Give By the way, if you're watching us on YouTube, I'm showing him the grip. No, I think this is definitely a fastball grip. But Vic, I mean, other than that, I mean, like, what, what, what are some of the things that have been going on with you in the summertime? Like, has has work been like busy, or did you kind of kind of dial it back? No, it's been it's been a good summer, Jimmy. And you know, overall, I mean, both professionally and personally, it's been good. And I mean, so in health tech, I mean, what we have been focusing on is a lot of digital health. So again, we've been talking about digital preparedness, digital strategies in our previous episodes. And one of the things that we have been working on is working with organizations on how to get prepared for that, right? Like how to get your integration ready, how to how to get your framework, your architecture ready, so that not only you, you know, either if it's a buy, build, you know, whatever that process looks like, for these digital apps that you are that you will be bringing on, you know, in terms of how do you go about managing all these different apps, right? So starting with that, I mean, managing digital apps, how do you integrate all these apps, and then how do you support them on an ongoing basis? So all that, I mean, it, it's all coming together, and yeah, it's been it's been a definitely a busy summer. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking about that support piece, it's something that we. You know, we've joked around in the past, or you you tell me that uh, if something goes wrong, there's like really like only like one like one person kind of in charge. And I think I joked like I was like, what if they're what if it's like two in the morning and they're home, and you're like, well, that person's got to get up and right. they, they got to do it. And I was very like shocked to well, from an integration standpoint, yeah, it's it's surprising, right? Like a lot of organizations, especially if they're medium or small hospitals, health systems, they still only have one sometimes two integration engineers on staff. And I mean, that's, that's mind blowing, right? I mean, that's, and one of the things that we have introduced and we have talked about in our previous episodes is end-to-end monitoring. So, you know, th- that's what we're going to talk about again today, but we, we are going to go a little bit further. And it's not just about end-to-end automated monitoring for the interfaces, you know, for all the applications. Because really, you know, if you think about it, there's security monitoring, there's all these servers monitoring, but from a functionality monitoring in production environments, it's still missing. And there's so many data points, right? Like there's so much data moving between all these applications and nobody is really watching it until there's an issue and it's being reported and that's when it all kicks in. And by that time, I mean, you know, it might be too late. Right. Like in terms of you have somebody really sitting in ED, I mean, you know, in a a critical case. So anyways, I mean, that's where 
it, you know, it could affect patient outcomes. And so what we have introduced is not only we have end-to-end monitoring subscription, but we are also adding on 24-7 support on top of it that you can also purchase as part of the subscription. So again, just, you know, taking it one step further because it just makes sense, you know, talking to organizations and what they wanted us to provide them. And again, if you have the capability, you know, still, you can still just use our automated monitoring. You know, it's going to provide you all the information in terms of what's going on, where the issue is. But if you have limited staffing, which as we know nowadays is the case everywhere, you can take it a step further. Mm-hmm. You know, before I ask, ask my question, perhaps this is a great time to mention our sponsor. This Week in Health Tech is brought to you by Tito Inc., a trusted tech partner for healthcare organizations. Thank you, Tito Inc., for sponsoring this podcast. And to our other sponsor, hostmypodcast.com, where amazing podcasts like this one are made. So what I want to ask you, perhaps like maybe like a... Maybe maybe a silly question. You're you're offering twenty four seven or there you're offering twenty four seven support. So does that mean when when you when you offer this kind of support, uh, is there somebody an actual person that is available to answer questions? Or when you say support, like the there's some sort of automated system that's going to allow that that is always kind of on uh, that will allow you to give you the support and contact whoever needs to be contacted at that time. Oh, there is a robot. He wakes up. <laughs> robot sleep? <laughs> That's a yeah. They they sleep, man. You don't yeah. So we you know just no. So it, it, yeah, definitely human beings. But most of the work's done by our end-to-end monitoring, right? So we have this intelligent monitoring that's that's built in. It works with all the interfaces. You know, with all these. Um, from the EHR to, you know, going to the downstream applications or from the downstream back into the EHR or between, you know, all these other third-party applications, uh, whether it's a desktop or, you know, mobile or or web and all that stuff. I mean, all that data, you know, we are watching it constantly and we are watching it within those applications in terms of how it's how it's filing, you know, what's if, if, if there's any thing that kind of stands out in terms of, how it usually processes and how if we see any kind of different uh, trends, then we know, okay, something's up here, right? So anyways, so we have built in all this intelligent monitoring. So that's where most of the work's being done. But then if it finds anything, it's going to start alerting, notifying the organization. So we have all these, you know, contacts set up at the organization, but we also have, if you do select in a subscription, if you do select, support from Tito Inc. as well, then obviously our support team also gets alerted about it and we are watching it constantly, right? So we actually, it's 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 manpower, you know, and, and that's fair. Obviously that subscription costs more than just the automated one. However, it it's, you know, there's also some things they do heal themselves and, you know, pun intended here totally since being, you know, we are in health tech, you know, so so again, when some of the applications they they self-correct, we also catch that, and we don't report that. You know, constantly in terms of oh, there was something wrong, something wrong, something wrong, while it has already self-corrected itself, right? So then it's not really an issue. But these are the things that our applica- our monitoring learns over time, and that's the beauty of it, right? But then we work in conjunction with our support team. So 
we flag it in a way that hey this is a real issue or this may you know it, it's it's flagged in different ways so we know okay yep this is still not an issue it's probably going to self correct here and if it doesn't correct within certain time frame okay yep now it's an issue let's start looking into it because there, there's you know there's alerts firing nonstop jimmy like there's connectivity alerts for example but those are not real alerts you know, in terms of, hey, I lost the connection. I lost the connection. Okay, that's fine. If you start looking at each one of those alerts, I mean, you will have thousands of cases. And and because a lot of times the connectivity between applications, it it corrects itself. I wanted to ask, you, you, you said something there where it says it starts to learn. So um, when I hear something like that, I kind of almost associate it with uh, we'll say AI a little bit, but maybe not quite AI, but some, but there is like, um, you know, there is that learning component. What, what would you say is like the difference between something like that and, and AI? Right. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to use that word AI here just because, you know, as we have gone there before, it definitely is not to that state. I mean, AI is in terms of, hey, you know what? We, so I, I would say we are still in that algorithm you know, maybe a little bit of machine learning, but nothing beyond that, right? So yes, we are hoping that it's going to go beyond that, where over time, it will be where, you know what, once we deploy our solution in your, you know, against all your applications, it's going to automatically learn how it's, how your applications behave, what data points we expect issues from, which ones we don't expect an issue from. So, you know, it's like, oh, we haven't seen this, you know, definitely, you know, look at it right away, right? But right now we have to kind of teach the application a little bit. So we, we adjust. And, and that's where our, our, uh, our team sees some of these alerts today and then we tweak our algorithm, uh, you know. So it's, it's, it's not AI because it doesn't self-learn and adjust things on the go. I mean, that's where we are hoping we'll get to. Um, that's the goal, but I'll be honest, right? Like that, that's not where it's today, but it works really well. I mean, that's where our team comes in and, and we, we watch it, we tweak it and the performance gets better. You know, there's, there's less and less false alerts because you don't want to wake people up in the middle of the night when, when there's actually not an issue. So, and again, the other thing too, you know, if you think about it, we talked about limited staffing, especially for, you know, integration engineers in health systems. So if you, if your team, even if you have enough people, for example, why not, you know, in today's day and world, like, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a good thing to add on. Like, you know what, our team works full time, right? And why don't we let them do their job that they do on a daily basis? But why don't we help them? with this automated monitoring and support, right? So I think I think that's the beauty of it. You're, you're actually helping your team instead of burning them out because burnout is real. I mean, not just the clinicians, but even IT teams, you know, the burnout is real. I know we've been, we've been hearing about layoffs and whatnot recently, but realistically, let's look at it. Go online and see how many jobs are available. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, right? So it's still staffing still is an issue. And and that's where I think, you know, IT managers and IT directors can can see, you know, look at something like this. And it's like, yep, 
we are doing this for our security. You know, we're helping our security teams with automated security monitoring. And it's like, oh, is there any potential risk? You know, let's flag this thing. Somebody open this email. Let's, you know, catch all this. Um, you know, let's 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 watch the emails coming in before anybody opens the attachments, all that different stuff. Well, what about the actual functionality within the applications? Why don't we also watch that? And it, and if there's an issue, let's catch it automatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, you know, this this all sounds like well and good. And if I if I can just maybe play on the other side of things, which is what stops me from getting something like this, right? This this sounds like you know this would solve a lot of problems on on so many ends. So if if I'm a health systems organization, what would a, what would I need, or what would I what would I be thinking about to say, okay, this is this is something that's going to be useful to us, or you know what, maybe this is not this is not the great fit for our our, our organization. So what are some of the questions you think that um, that you know health health systems organizations should be asking themselves to to vet or not? I mean, outside of perhaps maybe like. I, you know, I was like, let's say to get the budget thing out of the way, right? Let's say that money right. wasn't money wasn't an issue. What would I need to ask myself? Be like, we need this, or you know what? Maybe we can wait and hold off for for something else. Yeah, and and you know what? Actually, Jimmy, unfortunately, money <laughs> is always the issue, <laughs> right? I mean, if if money wasn't an issue, yeah, it's a no brainer. So, talking to CIOs, you know, a lot of times it's oh, this makes total sense. Why are we not doing this today? And that's when then you get into prioritizing different projects and do we need to prioritize this over a certain application, certain system that we need, right? Like certain device that we need to purchase. So I think that's what it comes down to. And because most of the time, the feedback that we had, even from every health system that's using it today, they are like, oh, we want to use this now here, here, you know, because people would purchase, for example, they'll they'll purchase a package of five or 10. And then it's like, oh, this is amazing. We're gonna, we will purchase a package, another package of 10 and 20, and it, you know, it, it's, it's good. And, but again, they start out slow because money's not unlimited and you always have to justify it. And for something like this, you know, where it's like you have a help desk, right? And it's like, oh, we have a help desk. We do have, 24/7 support in our in our hospital why do we need this and you know when you have to justify in terms of the ROI the return on investment for clinicians time for example it's like oh because you can you can showcase like oh this is how much time our nurses or doctors may have to spend when there is an issue right like if if there is a an unscheduled issue or if, if there's something going on with the results not coming over or the orders not filing correctly, whatever the case is, now that time spent by, you know, very expensive resources to come up with all that calculation. Sure, you know, we, we can provide that, but it's still at the t- at the end of the day, no one's no one has those stats in their hospital, in their health system today. They're not capturing how much time the doctors usually spend on the phone working on issues with with IT or how much time they spent waiting on certain things nobody has those stats so then you know so even from an yes you can guesstimate based on how many issues you have and you know you can kind of 
work it backwards and come up with a number. And it's like, oh, yeah, if we have automated monitoring, we can cut down on some of this stuff. We can catch the issue before it becomes bigger. And our team starts working on it within minutes instead of finding out about the issue an hour later, for example. So, you know, yes, I mean, so so that's where I think it's it's from a CIO standpoint, and you know, if you, that's a great question, you know, from a CIO standpoint, that's that could be one of the hurdle, right? In terms of justifying, like, hey, oh, okay, so from an ROI standpoint, if I'm the CFO asking that to the CIO, saying, hey, why do you why do you need this? Tell show me the ROI, and it's like, oh yeah, this is what happens. I can show you the exact ROI numbers because we don't capture all that stuff today in terms of how much time is spent in in diagnosing an issue. But it isn't it, you know, it is actually that's what happens today. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's the that's the tough part. But once you start using it and once you you know, it, it's one of the, the main thing is, you know, if you wanted to justify it easily, the best thing is why work on issues after the fact? Why not use why not work on it actively? Right? So instead of taking a passive action in terms of once something happens, you're working on it after the fact. This actually enables you, keeps you ahead of something getting bigger and maybe an application going down completely, for example, right? Like things just cascading and then something gets bigger. This will catch it sooner and the right people are working on it. That's the other thing. A lot of times when the issue is reported, you don't really know where the issue is. So the time spent on diagnosing is is cut down by 95% of the time, by 95%, right? So that's where, I mean, you know, think about huge ROI right there. Again, it's hard to calculate it, but it's an easy justification, right? It's, it's active monitoring. You're doing it for security. You're doing it for your space usage on servers and and all that stuff, processes, you know, processors and you know, it's like, oh, yeah, if he has 100% CPU usage, you know, on this VM, for example, it's like, oh, we need to do something about it. Okay, what about all these issues that are happening, you know, orders not filing correctly or certain things, you know, not appearing where they should be? Like, why are you why are you relying on users for that, right? So why, why rely on, on, on manual uh, diagnosing, manual reporting of issues? Do you ever run into, like, well, we've always done it this way, and this way seems to be the right way. You know, why would I? Why would I change? So, kind of like almost again. You know, I think we talked about this uh, in a previous episode, but the change management part, right? Like changing something that you have always done previously that has worked, and you 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 run into people who are maybe just not not ready for the change, or who don't believe in the change. Do you mm-hmm. feel like that's ever a hurdle? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, hey, we always have relied on users to report <laughs> issues. And it's why, free. <laughs> and it's free. Why would we change that? Why would we add on, you know, more? Why would we buy this when people people call in and, you know, and then we look at it and it's like, okay, yeah, no, if you want to continue that way, while your employee satisfaction goes down while your patient satisfaction goes down and while you could actually affect patient outcomes, you can continue that way, right? However, the health system across the street is actually monitoring everything automatically. And as as we talk about multiple times in our previous episodes, as number of digital apps increases, you are just going to keep falling behind. 
you are not going to know where the issues are. Like, I mean, you will be your help desk. You will actually end up hiring way more help desk people and way more engineers trying to get on top of this. Right. But again, path, you know, after the fact, you're not proactively uh, going after the issue. You're always behind. So, you know, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, we can't really do anything about culture. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go around changing the culture in our organization and we can't really, I mean, that's not what our job is, but we can explain why it's a missing link today, right? It, it's a huge missing link. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I always think like that's, that's a hurdle. Like I, I, I always remember like working at the gov- government and, um, you know, we, we use like a certain uh, software to manage, you know, some of the case tracking, right? And everyone's, no matter how buggy it is and how many people complain about the software, they, and then they're, they're like, all right, we've updated the software and it's going to be this 2.0. And people are like, no, 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 we're not changing it. Yeah, and then we're going to run to all these things and I got to relearn these things. And I just remember it being like, well, they're, they're trying to make something better, you know, and, and of course, making something better, you're going to run into other things and, then you report that kind of maybe this maybe they need maybe the government needs some end to end monitoring where it's like they would make <laughs> something better and then there'd be other buggy things about it but but they've improved the other stuff and it was just it was this continuous thing and the the pushback on it was just incredible incredible mm. in it you know on on doing some things I you know even kind of think of you know something even very trivial trivial to my mom using Android phones for the longest time and. I, I happen to get a good deal on some iPhones, so I say I bought her an iPhone. She's like, "Oh no, no, no! I'd return this. I, I don't <laughs> want to learn how to do, how to use this thing." You know, and it's uh, it's amazing how how much we get set into our ways of of doing certain things, and we're unwilling to change, uh, or even take a take a risk in wanting to change change something for perhaps the the greater good of things. So, um, I imagine like uh, people would kind of. They, they, there's this new thing that's out, and you know it all sounds good on paper, but they're still very hesitant to want to to want to go about and try it. Yes, I mean that's. I think just think about. We talked about until the pandemic happened, we were la- healthcare was lagging behind tremendously in digital space. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pandemic forced healthcare to, you know, go online a lot more than before. Like telehealth took off. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, my my, my teledoc stock's not doing great, by the way. But <laughs> well, I was gonna say, like, I, I wonder where telehealth, like telehealth, like it took off, and then no, it but it, it's like... still it, again, it's not pandemic level, but yeah. it's still you know people got used to it, and but the digital app market is growing tremendously, right? So, but I'm just saying, like, it's very slow to change, and I you know, and I expect the same even for this. But at the end of the day, it will, you know, change does happen Mm -hmm. just very, very slowly in healthcare. You know, just it's something that you just kind of, it's accepted. Yeah. But until a pandemic happens and then it's like you're forced to change and and it's like, oh, wow, actually change wasn't that bad. You know, we we did this and it's telehealth works great. Our physicians figured it out. Our patients figured it out. And it's like, hmm. Why didn't we do this before? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's yep. So, so all the all the the Vicks out there, because I, I I know that you used to do this this job. You know, as a um, you know getting getting phone calls to, to fix this and that. I mean, right? That you know, any any of the uh, Vicks out there that that are doing it now, um, there is hope. 
there's hope for you for you to not let's help those help desk people and let's help those engineers you know yeah absolutely all right, Vic, so it sounds like a no-brainer. It sounds like everybody needs to get on board to this. So, of course, visit our sponsor. Visit TitoInc.com. That's T-I-D-O-I-N-C.com. And from there, I'm sure you'll get a nice free consultation on what this is about. Get more information. Hear it from, hear it from the staff. Hear it from the support team at Tito Inc. And you can learn more about this. And, and you know what? Yeah, thanks for plugging that in, Jimmy, shamelessly. <laughs> Which is, you know, we, we do this every now and then. And, and, but you know what? Yeah. But even at the end of the day, even if you don't use our solution, what I would say is, you know, invest in this, right? Like why not use automation to your advantage and why not proactively monitor for issues? And so, you know, yes, again, if you, if you need our help, we are here, you know, reach out, but I would say do something about it. Let's, let's not rely on our, employees you know our clinical users to report issues it's it's been going on too long jimmy and and you know something needs to be done about it all right so you heard it here from vic i think this caps up another episode of this week in health tech make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to the show and of course if there's something that you want to hear from us you can always hit us up on twitter at t-w-i-h-t-1 that's twit1 on twitter and of course you can hit hit up uh, vic on linkedin you can hit me up on Vink, on linkedin as well um all all those details will be in the show notes of this podcast episode so make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss a episode. So I think that that's it, Vic. I think uh, another oh. one in the books here for us. Uh, we can enjoy, enjoy the evening uh, while, while it still lasts. And uh, I hope to see you come into some of the workouts that we have. We I, have need brand, I need brand to. I need to Brand new studio back. here in, in Toronto. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to, for, you to, for you to come through and uh, continue the workout. So get well on, on, that, on that neck and uh, go yeah, see, go see I'm somebody. I'm almost there, Jimmy. You're I'm almost there. there. I can't wait to be back working out with you and should be um yeah thanks for the episode and and if you have any questions complaints feedback please reach out as jimmy said i think we we love to hear from you guys and um good night